Ready? Here we go. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind, drown out the noise, and see if this connected. And see if this connected. What's up, fam? The mission of this connected podcast is to connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. To not necessarily agree, but be listened to. These conversations, of course, highlight the perspective of our various guests, and you are always welcome to agree or even disagree. But as always, we hope that it is done in charity. Now, here's your host, Catholic.dad. Today, we have a special guest, and we want to thank our listeners, especially I want to give a shout out to those people who sponsored me on this walkathon for uh, my parish youth ministry. Um, you know what? With your help, listeners, we were not able to raise $1,500, Tony. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, we were able to raise $1,748. So last minute ones that went in there. So that's really great. It goes to our Spanish youth group, Hennessy's, and our English youth group, our um, YM St. Mary's, uh, hashtag uh, life teen. Um, so that's really, really going to be great. So, but today we are here with a special guest. Very special guest. The Very one and only. Guest. The one and only. And um, we're actually trying new things um, with this podcast because look at that. Look, we have our guest. And you know what? We want to share with you. This is Steve. So everyone, you know, look at the camera, Steve. Steve, um, welcome. You know, most of most of the people on the podcast probably don't know who Steve is. But Steve has been a great influence on me. I just want to share with you that you've been a great influence for me for the past three years. Yes, fam, for the past three years that Arnell has not been actively being a youth minister. It's because of this guy. This guy. He's who kind of like <laughs> encouraged all youth ministers out there to go on a journey of, of learning more about faith. And, um, you know, and I think... That's also how I met Tony, kind of, and how Tony met Sally, uh, or Bethany, I'm sorry. Oh, that <laughs> happens all the time. <laughs> and, um, you know, we invited Steve to come on the show um, to share a little bit more of his wisdom, because you are the man of wisdom, and to kind of give our listeners out there a little taste of what it is that you do and what it is that the diocese offers in a sense of of faith formation. But first, what we want you to do, as we always ask our listeners, is tell us about yourself and so that people, our listeners out there, will get to know you. Who is Steve? What is it that you do? And then we'll move on from there. Again, Steve, no pressure. This is a conversation. And you know what, Tony, what I love about this is we actually, this is payback. <laughs> of because usually, us in the hot usually seat. Steve puts us in the hot seat <laughs> where um, we get interviewed. But this time around, it's on the other way around. 
You never know. I still might do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Steve, okay. tell us who you are. All right. So I am Steve Halligan, and I'm the uh, program director for the Continuing Ministry Formation Program. And it's called CMFP, Continuing Ministry Formation Program. And that's with the Ministry Formation Institute at the Diocese of San Bernardino. And Ministry Formation Institute does exactly what its name says. We're responsible for forming people for ministry. And as such, we're a department within the uh, Diocese of San Bernardino, and we have two main programs, the Parish Ministers Formation Program, PMFP, which is for everybody, and then the Continuing Ministry Formation Program, which is really a a three-year college-level formation program. So when you say, who are you, you know— well, who is I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. First, I'll say, you know, I, I got my, uh, I received a master's degree in ministry from St. Stephen's University. Did, did you pick that because it's the same name as you? No, it was just my delight. I just, <laughs> I lucked into it. And uh, and so, yeah, I do. That That's my Facebook picture is me standing in front of St. Stephen's, you know, and that's <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, I got my master's in ministry there. That's in New Brunswick, Con- Canada, if you can imagine Wait, that. You're Canadian? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We, there was actually a unique setup, like kind of like CMFP, where they established a Southern California campus. And uh, I was among the first people to go through that to get the master's degree. And it included time up in Canada as well. But most of it was here, uh, local in Corona. Anyhow. So did so, you grow up all the time in California, or you were always a California and went to New Brunswick University? <laughs> I was born and raised in Lakewood, California, which is a city right next to Long Beach, just you know, a little north of Long Beach, and born and raised there, and you know, it was a nice little suburbia, and was a member of uh, St. Maria Goretti Catholic Church, oh. where I was educated for grades one through seven, <clears throat> grade eight, uh, the sisters and I both agreed that I wasn't going to go back. <laughs> I was a handful when I was a young man. And, but, but I must say, they did a fantastic job of giving me uh, a good foundation of faith and just how to be a, a human being in this world. I mean, they did a, a lot of cultural education and formation as well as the spiritual element. So, so with that, I, as a kid, I had a really great, uh, spiritual life. Uh, you know, I I was an altar boy, and uh, I would serve on weekends. I would go to a convalescent home, and we'd, we'd wheel people to the canteen for Mass, and Father Harnett would say Mass, and then we'd wheel them back, and, and that was actually a pretty cool ministry throughout my, uh, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, eighth grade, and, through that era. And did you enjoy doing it as, I the, loved it. as a kid? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? The, the only thing I didn't—it was— the toughest thing, I have to admit, the, this was with the poorest of the poor. It was an L.A. County um, home, uh, you know, convalescent home for the the, the destitute, mm-hmm. and so the, it was a lot of people. And and uh, the hardest thing about doing it was the odors. Believe it oh. or not, <laughs> the odors of a, a facility like that. Don't get so, him started. Oh, and yeah. 
but other than that, I love the people I ran into, the the little old ladies. I'd I'd literally wheel their beds to the canteen, which was their you know uh, dining room, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, then wheel them back after mass. And of course, I was the altar boy, you know, during mass. But now, Steve, are you allowed to say what that facility was named called? You know, I don't remember the name of it because um, it's no longer in existence. I, I worked at There's a at, Costco there now, I think. Oh, yeah. I know where that is. <laughs> I know where that is. Because that, that is a special aroma yeah. that, that requires you to um, get over. Yeah. Uh, but but as, as you said, it, it does bring out, uh, you know, working with, with people who have needs, specific special needs. Yeah. This brings out, um, I think... The wonderful thing about that is it allows you to live out the Beatitudes um, and and truly um, see that, you know, what, you know, 17 years of my life was was working with development disabled, uh, Latterman Developmental Center, which is now closed. And, and I know Latterman. Yeah. And I just worked there. Yeah, the formation, you know, the formation that that you receive working at a facility like that. Is compassion. You know, mm-hmm. I remember um, the priest who was there. He said, um, "It's not empathy. It's compassion that you get here. It comes mm-hmm. from the heart. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have it, this place is not for you." Mm-hmm. And I took that. I, I really took that to heart because um, it took a lot to to work at that facility, and uh, it does. You know, people always say, you know, what um, that people who work there. Are special, which we used to laugh because the word "special" <laughs> had a different meaning. It denoted the residents. Yeah, yes. it, it denoted that they had a they needed a change. It's a number two. A special was a number two. Oh. <laughs> so it was like, oh yeah, we do. We we sometimes do feel like that. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so I did. I enjoyed working with them. It was there was just a lot of seniors. There's something I my parents. Um, taught me was serving and uh, our parish uh, formed in us as well but uh, yeah so it was a good foundation for me uh if we want to just carry on there you know as i got older got into high school and you know you start questioning things of life you know you go okay they say this and they say that and which is right and we start analyzing and dissecting it's part of actual the normal maturing mm-hmm. of faith formation it's a stage of faith development where you start challenging the faith that's been handed on to you mm-hmm. and while i always had a good spirituality lived and experienced uh, intellectually i did a lot of challenging and uh, i grew up in the era of a lot of rebellion you know the, the uh, late 60s early 70s i date myself now but uh <laughs> So, uh, you know, th- there was a lot of, you know, don't trust anybody over 30 and things of that nature. D- don't trust corporations and institutes. And anyhow, as I got out of high school, you know, I started experiencing life. Actually, was a little wild and crazy for a number of years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard like to, I say, hard it, to believe. It, it was the end of the hippie era. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I lived it. And, uh, you know, it, I moved to Colorado right out of high school, you know, part of the Rocky Mountain High kind of thing. And uh, long hair, very long hair, yeah, 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 <laughs> very long hair, and uh, and everything that goes with it. And uh, was out there for about four years. 
And then when I moved back to California, you know, even during that time, I, I would go to mass here and there with my, my aunts and uncles who were there and when family would visit and things like that, you know, I was questioning my faith. I was walking on the wild side, to tell you the truth. I mean, in just the wild and crazy and, you know. And uh, But after I came back here to California, got a job, and uh, I was living at home. And, uh, you know, there was there was a season here when, you know, things just weren't going so hot, you know. And so my family had gone on to a family function. I chose to stay home. It's funny because it, that night I... I experienced the the calling by the Holy Spirit in my life. And, and just deep inside of my being, the question came to me and said, Steve, are you where you wanted to be? And I thought about it. I go, I never really realized I wanted to be somewhere. And uh, there was instantaneously, I had a flashback to high school. My last class, social studies with Mr. Eisenberger, he said, nobody's probably ever done this with you. I want you to, everybody, sit down and write three goals. What are you going to do with your life? What do you want in life? And I thought about it really hard. I wrote down my three goals. I thought about it. And um, after he gave us the time to do this, he asked people to start sharing. You know, and there was one gentleman I, I liked and was just sharp young guy and oh, I'm going to be a chiropractor I'm going to the university in Pasadena and somebody else will I'm going to carry on my music I'm going off to to learn to play the violin better and somebody else is going to be the engineer and I looked at my paper and I said I guess I misunderstood and I folded it up and put it in my pocket never thought about it again until that night when I remember what I wrote down on that paper you know, the time of the 60s was a time of upheaval. The Vietnam War and uh, younger generation against the older generation, younger against the older. And um, I wrote, one of the things I wrote down was, I want peace. The other thing I wrote down, I wanted to have love in my life. I wanted to have some loving relationships. And uh, that was important to me. And the last thing, I, I wanted to have happiness. I wanted to have joy in my life. And uh, those were the three goals I wrote down. So as quick as I remembered those three goals, the next thought was, well, you know what you got to do. And at that moment, I, I set down the glass. And I went through a, se a long season where I didn't drink anything for years. But the thing that changed was I started seeking out the Holy Spirit in my life, to follow the call of God in my life. And that's, I was 22 at that age. And that's when the big transition in my life came. And, and from there, my, my faith has just grown through the years. Uh, the Lord led me probably within that same year uh, to start going to charismatic prayer groups and got real involved with that. And uh, the Holy Spirit is just an amazing, amazing person of the Trinity uh, that has led my life. And so anyhow, years later, I went on, I got a college degree, went off and got a degree in city planning. And I worked in the field of economic development. And then I did some sales for a season and uh, worked in financial services for years. Always 
pursuing my faith at the same time, but working in the world, mm -hmm. like most of us lay people do. And uh, the opportunity came. I met the people who were starting the university, um, the local uh, chapter, let's call it, of St. Stephen's. And um, I knew it was time for me to, uh, to pursue a higher education in the faith, to learn more, to learn more about my faith, about scriptures and theology. And, and so I entered the master's program, and, and I had gotten my master's degree. I spent three years doing that. At around what age? Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is many years later. I think, um, let me think about this. <laughs> I'm just curious to see the time you, frame. You know, it, it was probably um, about 50, age of 50, when I started my master's program. Okay. And, uh, yeah, something I missed out in there, you know, there was a season, you know, early in my life, I sincerely, I pursued um discernment to the priesthood as a young man and after a couple of meetings i'm just like no that's not for me that's not what i want i want to get married a wife family and so i that's at the same time when i decided to go to college and started my my studies and get a good job and everything and years later i met my wife many years later and um long story short we were married for about nine years before she was found to have a, a terminal cancer. And so we had a season together. And uh, so I was widowed. Then after three or four years of being widowed, I felt like the Lord was calling me again. Sure. And so I did go through a discernment process a second time. Mm -hmm. Is this where you want me, Lord? And again, the answer was, nope. <laughs> this is not where I want you. And uh, that discernment process was going on probably right after I completed my master's degree. And um, so there I was in the financial services, and I'm like, Lord, what are you going to have me do? What's up with this? And, uh, you know, I just knew city planning was no longer, I mean, financial planning was no longer where I was being fulfilled. <laughs> and I felt like the Lord was saying, move on, <laughs> move on. And I said, okay, from now on, I'll only work for the church in one form or another. And I quit my job thinking I'd take a sabbatical mm -hmm. and uh, led to some crazy years of uh, economic downturns and uh, unemployment and questioning, Lord, is this where you want me to be? And finally, one day I got a job at St. John the 23rd here in Fontana. And I was office manager, but it was in the church, and I knew how to manage uh, properties and people and offices. And so I did that for a year. But at the same time, I had taken parish minister's formation program because I knew some pastors required that in order to be involved in the parish. So I said, okay, I'm going to take parish minister's formation program. And uh, after that, they said, Steve, are you going to go on and take CMFP? I said, well, no. Nah. I just got my master's of ministry. Oh, well, would you like to start teaching PMFP? I said, yeah, I would love to do that. So I actually started teaching parish ministers formation program. What year are we well. in? Pardon me? What year are we in currently? We're probably up to right now, probably around 2014, 2015. Oh, okay. 
And uh, well, that was just recently, Steve. Yeah. So here we're we're getting the current. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like what fifty six? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) <laughs> you know that's that's really that's really an inspiring story steve you know it's like you, you know you, you're talking about seasons in your life mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. all the stages in your life you when you're beatnik years <laughs> the hippies. Yeah, the hippies. I, I was i was too young to be a beatnik <laughs> the hippie years and and really lived life and it's funny how you know all three of us had that set that period where we were discerning priesthood and and it wasn't for us right and um but you found a call you you that what i found interesting there is that that you gave it up and you wanted to work for the church it was was that something that was like oh you know what i'm just gonna quit this job that pays me and and just go on and not get paid <laughs> i said that that's that's really difficult um uh, that's for me. That's that's a really hard decision because sometimes for me, I'm like, man, I I, I really truly want to work for the church, but you know, you have um, familial responsibilities: your spouse, your children who are still in college, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Was that was that a difficult um, thing for you to 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 do? I mean, well, you know, that you you touched on a topic here. You really looked at there are seasons of the. The life cycle, where you're young, you're you're growing, and perhaps you get married, and you got to start a young family. You have responsibilities. You're building and building, you know, building up so you can take care of your kids, put them to college, and you know, making sure everything's good. And uh, you know, for me, that that ended when my wife passed, and so I was at a new season. Right. Okay, God, what do you want me to do now? You know, my life has always been a seek ever since that time, that day uh, uh, where the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I've always sought the Holy Spirit. Where do you want me to go? What am I doing now? And what do you want me to do? And uh, it wasn't hard to quit. I just had total faith that the Lord was doing something in my life. And uh, I didn't have the responsibilities of a spouse and kids. And so... uh, and I had some savings, you know. Financial services was a good business to be in, so I I, I made the move, and uh, I didn't expect that huge economic downturn that happened, <laughs> but because uh, that was did create trials, but but throughout it all, I, I just trusted the Lord. I you know there were days when I said, Lord, is this really where? Did I make a mistake? Did I do something wrong? Because things aren't happening yet. And I just always had the faith of you know, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. All you can do is do one step at a time and follow where you think the Lord is leading you. And that's what I've done. When that question presents itself, um, you know, I think that's the that's the moment in testimonials where we hear like, how was it as far as emotionally because obviously that's how we communicate we communicate through emotions with one or did was there ever a moment of uh, temptation of desolation you know I, I don't know that i would call it desolation but there definitely was a period of time where it was i don't want to say it was depression but it was probably something close to it mm-hmm. you know there wasn't a, a the psychological or physiological issue it was just Lord, where, what are you going to send me? What am I doing? Sure. Do, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. And this is where 
I, I think that oftentimes we have these things called God appointments. <laughs> and, and you don't know they're happening until after they happen. And you go, wow. And I remember right at the, that season where I was having the hardest time, I went to the, uh, the local grocery stores to pick up some things for dinner. Just a couple of loose ends to cook for dinner. And I was, I was walking around one of the corners of the store over by the bread area. I saw this guy. And he was standing behind the kiosk where the, the, the French bread is, you know, there's long right there in the aisleway. And he was kind of mm-hmm. standing. But, but I saw this guy and I'm like, oh, what's up? And as I came around the corner, he stood out from behind that kiosk and he looked at me and said, Jesus loves you. Hmm. And I kept walking on because I'm shopping. I'm saying, mm-hmm. hey, Jesus loves you too. And I went and I picked up, I think I was picking up a bottle of wine at that time, <laughs> picked up a bottle of wine to have with dinner. And I looked back and the dude was gone. You know, hmm. you know, I don't know. I look back at it and go, was it some, there was a non-denominational church across the street. Was it some guy just doing a little witnessing or was there an angel involved? I don't know. But anyhow, I went and I go to checkout. And as I was standing in checkout, I went, God sent somebody to tell me that. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I just mm-hmm. had it. I knew deep in my being. And I checked out. And I swear, I'm, you know how they have these Air Jordans or whatever? I didn't need those because I felt like I was walking on air as I walked to my car. I was just so blessed by the Lord. I got in my car. And I was just like, wow. I drove home. And, I'm just, and that awareness of God's love stayed with me for months hmm. it, it would just bless my life and and move me on it, so there there's trials in life you know jeez you know go through a time a season of loss of a spouse there's times there are hard times i, I think uh, you know your testimony is so beautiful because for me at, at every stage you seek the lord and seek his guidance yeah and i think a lot of a lot of people, including myself, is is we fail to ask the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. It's like we go through life and tragedies and things happen, and we don't say, "Well, Lord, what do you want me to do?" Mm. Uh, and you and you've done that and and um, followed. You know, there was a. I was very lucky um, in that early years, the early twenties. I went to a. A, a seminar down in Long Beach, and Father Richard Rohr was speaking. Oh. And uh, he was giving his talk, and, and he kept quoting this novelist named Herman Hess. And I'm like, okay, Richard Rohr is quoting Herman Hess. I need to read him. And literally, I went right to a bookstore, Barnes & Noble, <laughs> and Asked the the girl at the counter, you know, I I need, I need to find some Herman Herman Hess. I don't know who that is. And she, oh, come with me, and she took me back to the Herman Hess section, and there's about 10, 11 books. I'm like, well, what do I read here? She goes, this is his best work, and she handed me <laughs> a little blue book called Siddhartha, and I read that book. I took it home. I read it, and uh, it's interesting because I stole the imagery out of it. And I began a journey where I wanted my life to be one with the river of life. Who 
which is God, you know, the, the source of all life. And um, so my, my life's journey, thanks to that book, has been a journey of seeking to dwell in the river of life at all times. I don't always succeed, you know. I'm totally human, fully human, fully alive. Oh, we all know Steve is human. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> the way I grade your papers or something. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, it's it's a, you know, and one of the things I learned to go along with that, you know, we have this thing called the act of contrition. And one of the last things we say in that act of contrition is we promise to avoid the near occasions of sin. And I learned way back when that I wanted to enter the occasions of grace instead. And so I pursued the river, mm-hmm. the opportunities for grace, prayer, spirituality, friendship, uh, whatever it might have been. You know, not always successfully, you know, we all take I, wrong I turns on given days. I love when you drop these these wisdom bombs uh, that I just always get when you say something that is so, um, and you just said something there that just clicked to me. That we we all know that prayer so well, you know, act of contrition, you know, avoid the near occasion of sin. But you just said something that was just like poof. I was like, I never thought of that. You know, I'm seeking, you know, the occasions of grace. Yeah. You know, you you're marking a positive aspect. For over something that we've always looked at as a negative, you know, avoid the near occasion of sin. Avoid yeah. the near occasion of sin. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's like, oh, well, seek out the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of grace. one of the other uh, things I heard many years ago was this speaker who said, you know, if we spent all our time doing the do's in the Bible, we wouldn't have to time to do the don'ts. And that goes right along with the same vein of thought. If we spend our time doing the do's, we won't have time to do the don'ts. I'm so glad we're recording this. <laughs> You're such a good storyteller. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's coming across that way. It's got to be the Holy Spirit at work, you know. I I definitely prayed before I came here that the Lord would, you know, put words in my mouth and keep the other words away. Arnell, you I don't know? know if you had a certain track you wanted to go, but um, I'm curious to see. So you were at St. John's. And right. Where, where, where we go from here? Okay. Well, I was teaching parish ministers formation program. So I was a part-time employee with the Ministry Formation Institute also. And at one point, the uh, position came open for the, the program director for the English portion of the continuing ministry formation program. I thought about it. I prayed about it. Yeah, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And I'm, and one of the things we're supposed to do when we discern is you seek counsel from other people. And so I called up the woman who was responsible for me uh, in PMFP. It was uh, Liz Cortez at that time. So I called Liz and I said, Liz, you know, that position's open. Do you think I should apply? Is that the right thing for me to do? And she said, yes, Steve. Get your resume in here now. I think they would want to talk to you. And so I did. I, I went home that night and I tweaked my resume, emailed it in to the HR department. And within 48 hours, I had a phone call saying, please come in for an interview. And uh, a couple days later, we did the interview. Um, things went really well. And, you know, the next day I had a phone call saying, okay, you're on. You know, 
you've been chosen. It's always so scary when the Holy Spirit speaks. The door is open. Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned to look for the open door and walk through it when it comes. You know, when it's there, you just move, and it's moving the Spirit. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So now I've been there. Come January first, it'll be five years at the continuing as a program director for CMFP. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked that it's only been five years. Because I, I was like, you know, I, I would have, I could have thought that you've been there forever. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I think the way I'm saying is that you have a mastery over the program, yeah. and that you speak with such authority that uh, and such passion about mm. it that only comes from a person who's been doing it for quite a while and, and have invested in it. And and you speak with um. I can anticipate what's going to happen. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you slack off here, this, you know, like you come across like you, you, you have experience and know the, the habits of students and so forth. And I think that's also why I was predicting it was, that's why I was asking for the time frame. I was like, well, how long? Yeah. How long we're not he? only saying this because he grades our papers. No, no, uh, no, no, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Just genuinely being true that, you know, we're, we're always just so amazed that, that, you know, I, I literally thought you'd been there at least 10, 15 years running the program. And I remember saying, it's like, why isn't he actually the one who's the head of the program? <laughs> oh, because there are smarter and more talented people than me and uh, people with different skills. You know, we all have, you know, my favorite quote, I have to throw this out there into the the the, the world here. First mm-hmm. Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, uh, to each person the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. And this is something that I, that allows me to look at the other with a delight. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what's your gift for us? You know, how are you going to enhance our, our, our family community, whatever, or the moment. And at the same time, I know that God has gifted me with different gifts and talents. And I knew with my training and formation, um, that God had, shaped me for for the role and as i moved into the program director role i really feel like it's okay you know this is exactly what god wanted me to do and he mm-hmm. gave me the background the knowledge the experiences that would benefit um people of the diocese who are seeking formation awesome. and it's it's just a fit yeah so. I, I think um uh... The first time I saw you was when we had um, in-person uh, sessions. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, here comes this guy. And it's like, and most people don't get your humor. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> but, but I was there at a table at the diocese, and I'm cracking up. And everyone was looking at me. It's like, that wasn't funny. I was like, that was hilarious. <laughs> I forget the joke, but it was like, it just... It just hits you, and it's like, no, that's 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 totally funny because, um, I mean, you you can you can get your feelings hurt about that, but that's funny, and it's and there, there's no malice about it. It's just you know, just I call them steviisms. Steviisms, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so well. he says that. I just I think it's hilarious. <laughs> The greatest jokes is the ones where there's only like two people laughing in a room of like sixty people. 
<laughs> yeah, that happens to me a lot. That's why I'm not a comedian. You know, you got to get the whole house laughing when that happens. So. Uh, well, so, I do when I do my instructions, whether it be within the parents or the teens or the kids. There's always that. I always will make some sort of joke that I find hilarious, but the only two people are laughing. I'm like, you know what? Those two are the angels. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, MFI. Ministry Formation Ministry Institute. Ministry Formation Institute. Yes. Um, that, when, did, when did that start in, in the Dice San Bernardino? You know, it... Uh, Bishop Barnes started almost as soon as he became bishop of the diocese. Preceding that, uh, Bishop Strayling had a, a had another program, but Bishop Barnes uh, made a slight tweaks. And the first thing that the Ministry Formation Institute started doing was the Parish Ministers Formation Program, and that back then was just known as MFI. <laughs> so, you know, it evolved. And then after a couple of years of that, they realized that, well, really, we need deeper training and formation for people who are leading ministries or want to lead ministries. And that's when they created the uh, continuing ministry formation program. CMFP began in 2002. Okay. So that that's relatively years. new. Yeah, well, I guess 20, years, 20 years, years now. So and and it's gone through a variety of uh, of progressions since that time. And the most recent one uh, began in t- 2017 uh, when the current structure was developed. Now, now I'm curious because you know throughout doing ministry, there's always been um, classes or courses that have been provided by the diocese, uh, such as catechetical ministries stuff like that. Is that part of MFI or is that? Okay. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned catechetical because the Ministry Formation Institute began as a office, an office within the Department of the Ministry of Educational Services that has catechetical in it, also has the youth ministry in it, mm-hmm. and also has marriage and family life mm-hmm. uh, that you guys had on your podcast previously. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we came out of there, and in, in about 2015, we were made a separate department doing specifically what we do. And what the Ministry Formation Institute does is focuses on the the broad subject matter that all parish ministers sh- should get. Mm-hmm. And then each of the departments within the diocese do the specialization. So we have the catech- catechetical office specializing in catechesis, Young Catholics office specializing in how to minister with young Catholics, the office of worship specializing in how to be involved with liturgy and, and so forth. And, uh, so we, we hit the basics. I get it. So MFI provides all the basic formation, all basically the basics, the basis, the groundwork and advanced specialization, uh, in those ministries, are to be done by those specific offices. Yeah, the, the even the basic and advanced both. If you remember, we have this thing called the, the get the, your PMFP specialization. You know, that's your basic specialization. Because let's face it, some formation, it, some services at the parish don't require a lot of formation in order to do them properly. 
for example, how to be a reader at Mass. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a one-day course that you go and take for basics on how to be a reader. And then you can go back to your parish and, and be the reader for your parish. Same with the extra, Extraordinary Minister of Holy Communion. Same with catechism. If you want to be a catechist, you're going to teach, uh, you know, the second graders the introduction to the spirituality and the prayers and and prepare them for for the first communion. You know, you you need some basics, uh, but eventually people want to go deeper, and that's part of this is, and something for all of our ministers in the diocese to realize is that as we go through those seasons of life, like kind of I pointed out. You know, we get our formation at the time of confirmation, and then we go on and go, ah, I know it all. I don't need to do anything else. Yeah. And But the truth is, when you hit your early 20s and you start questioning your faith or challenging some things based on what you're learning as a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, 22-year-old, well, you need to get 21, 22-year-old understanding your faith also mm-hmm. so formation needs to go again and then when you're in your 25 and you're 30 at the different seasons of life you need to keep your formation going as your life changes because we're different people at different state when well, we're the same person but we're at different places new wisdom new law knowledge uh new questions uh, about our faith and life now people who who are just starting out in ministry, you know, I'm one year, two years in ministry, and I want to learn more about my faith. Mm. Uh, how do they go about and, and, and do that? And how do they go about and pursue um, getting into MFI and taking those classes? And, Good and question. What, what's the process? Because yeah. I think a lot of times uh, we go into ministry and we're serving, we're reader, or we're an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, or we're ushers. Or, you know, we're catechists. We don't realize that, you know, once we volunteer that there's other things that can enhance um, the way that you teach or even your spiritual life. That, mm-hmm. that, because one of the things that I really appreciated was how much it enhanced my understanding of the faith in order for me to continue to live out the faith. Um which can be a double-edged sword because now you know too much and <laughs> you're like, oh my goodness, what in the world has this church gone through? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so accessing, accessing the programs for Ministry Formation Institute. So uh, this is actually really a timely uh, period for us because we do have online enrollment going on right now for the Parish Minister's Formation Program. That's that basic, it contains four theology courses. Each one of those are five weeks long and then begins with orientation, ends with a retreat. I highly recommend that course for any and all adults in the Catholic faith because it will help give you a new perspective. It'll it'll encourage you to um, take the next step in your understanding of your faith and your ability to transition your spiritual life and then ministry as well. But it's just fantastic for everybody to take. So that is going on right now online. Our website is mfisbdiocese.org. mfisbdiocese.org. You can go there and there'll be a little button saying enroll here. 
and uh, so that that'll be a a zoomed course um, starting in January. Now, a lot of people, uh, many a times when when they see oh faith formation, uh, say, well, you know what, I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm, I'm older, or some people say I'm I'm too young, and there's going to be so many people there who know more than me, and um, I'm afraid to go. I mean. Oh, what would your response be to a person who's like unsure because, you know, I just don't, I, I don't want to feel like I'm stupid yeah. about the faith. Yeah. No. You know, the first thing I think of is to each person, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. It's like, you got it. You know, yeah. God makes each and every one of us unique and special for a purpose. And you have this thing to share in life. And, uh, you know, sometimes it is a challenge to get people to to share who they are and what they think and what their faith like life is like. And but the truth is, you know, one of the things I focuses on focus on with this is we are all on our journey. Each and every person has a unique journey, so don't sweat it. You know, nobody's journey is like yours. So just take the next step. Uh, you know, go forward. So it's, you know, right now we have, um, we've been having an abundance of young people, uh, young adults signing up for PMFP and for the continuing ministry formation program. So uh, with that, we have a a good mixture of uh, men, women, and all ages in the program right now. It's actually a very good uh, ratio and a mixture. And you'll find... The 20-something sharing with a a 40-something or a 50-something in these meetings sometimes. And the 20-something has just got some deep stuff that they they put out there. And trust me, by the time you're getting older, you're learning to listen a little better, baby. You know, you're (laughs) like, you know, it's not like, oh, that's a young person. What do they know? It's more, wow, this person is touching my life and and uh, so it's real important. But talking about formation, now, that parish minister's formation program is a required co- program for anybody who wants to enter into the advanced continuing ministry formation program. So anybody's even thinking about expanding their, their formation, get into PMFP, um, go online now and register and start the class in uh, January. But we talk about formation. One of the things we didn't talk about, what is formation? You know, it's ministry formation. And in a sense, it's a school, but in a sense, it's not, you know. It's uh, we're, we're shaping lives so that they could be Jesus to the world. And in your ministry, in your service, in your home, in your family life, in your school life, uh, whatever it is you're doing right now, we're forming people. And we target four key areas for formation. Because, you know, we go to college, it's all up here. It's intellectual. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some practical, right, how, how, how to do spreadsheets or how to do some graphics or, or whatever it might be you're studying. But uh, with us, we're looking at, first thing is, the human characteristics, the traits that we need to be a, a good Christian and a good minister. What are the things in our lives that we do that repel people, right? 
I know mine. I have. I know most of mine, but I'm sure there's more. You know, but also, what is it? A special gifting that we have that allows us to communicate with people. And what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? Those are some of the human characteristics we try to address. Then there's, of course, the spirituality. The spiritual element is one of those four characteristics. And and we're targeting people having a, a, an invigorated faith where you have a relationship with Jesus and it grows and you pursue the near occasions of grace, Love you know, and uh, so, and you come to understand our faith in bigger ways and, and the depth of what our church believes and teaches. And then we have the intellectual formation, of course, you want to learn the history of the church. You want to learn a little bit about sacramental theology. What does it mean to receive the body and blood of Jesus in the Eucharist? You know, the body, blood, soul, and divinity in that wafer, that Jesus. And what do these things mean? And how did they come about? And liturgical spirituality, uh, theology. You definitely get a little bit of, of everything. That's what I really appreciate coming through. Um is that you get a little bit of everything, and it invites you to go deeper and pursue more. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a lot of times that what what I get out of this is that you're getting a, a little bit of everything in order to, for you to to um, desire to to go deeper. Yeah. Um, it's not the just like PMFP is not the end all be all. CMFP is not the end all be all. But it does create, at least in me, uh, a want to. Wow, you know what that that really interested me. Let me read a couple more uh, books on that, and let me seek out a couple more classes. And and I don't know about Tony, but as you get older in age, you're like, maybe I'll take a college course on that because it doesn't really matter for me to get a grade. But I really desire to learn. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's it. We hit, we hit three of those four areas. Don't want to leave the last one off. The pastoral skills oh, yeah. is the fourth element of that formation. So we really try to form the, the full leader or ministry person. Even if your ministry is just being husband, father, or wife, mother, uh, you know, uh, sister, brother, uh, if that's your ministry, you know, it, it's perfectly acceptable and we all have different roles, so I think that's my favorite section. It's it's this this year is actually I think my my favorite year. Um, but Tony, you had some some questions that you wanted to I think you wanted to pursue uh, thoughts. Um, I mean, Steve answered most of the questions I was going <laughs> to ask, but I did actually want to close on this uh, quote. And Steve, if you wanted to do the honors. Um, okay. I think it wraps yes. things up very tightly. Yeah. And, and just for a little reference, uh, setting it up. I mean, when I think of the, the you know, the time, <laughs> you know, it's putting time to, to do the homework or to sit down for classes or even just read certain things. Like I did Bible in a year uh, this past year. Now it's been almost a whole year. Um, and then I'm going to plan to do catechism in a year um, in January. You know, I always like, ah, oh, it's really difficult to make the time. But then I think of this this quote and it's like, oh, no, this is something that I think is going to help me in, in my ministries. Okay. Well, it, what we're talking about here is it, there's a book 
the bishops wrote um, and was released in 2005 called uh, Co-Workers in the Vineyard of the Lord. And it's a book I encourage all lay ministers to read. It's, it's about us, uh, those of us who are not ordained people. And uh, in that text, I, I, their objective was seeing the church switch from priests and nuns doing all the ministry in parishes to lay people doing an overwhelmingly large amount of the work, uh, the, the ongoing formation. And so they focus on the importance of formation. And in fact, you know, canon law includes this quote. It says, lay persons who devote, devote themselves permanently or temporarily to some special service of the church are obliged to acquire the appropriate formation, which is required to fulfill their function properly and to carry it out conscientiously, zealously, and diligently. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm not a big one to do things because the law says to do it. <laughs> but, but the fact that even the Vatican has this as a part of canon law mm-hmm. talks about how important the church believe it is, believes it is for each of us to get formed. Right. To continue our our faith um, journey and get deeper, mm-hmm. so do it because you want to grow. Yeah. You want to become a better you. You know, become you more fully, have life and life more abund- abundantly. Yeah, I always look at it. Sorry, this is going to be the youth minister in me, but I always look at it as kind of like. Um, like Batman, like putting on the another, like another gadget on his tool belt, uh, on his on his bat belt, whatever it's called, you know. But it's like it, it helps you to equip to do the job better, you know. Yeah, Vig- yeah. vigilantal, vigilantal, a vigilantal. It sounds like something at Thanksgiving. <laughs> it does. Huh? It's it's yeah. definitely something. And, and that... Margaret brought that over. <laughs> I, lo- I love this hanging out with these two guys um, post Thanksgiving, uh, but I love the fact that you know, and entering and, and actually saying yes to to one doing PMFP and then uh, saying again to going to intro CMFP, um, actually saying no uh, and skipping one year, and then uh, finally saying yes to uh, CMFP. Uh, is is definitely a blessing, and I think it's something that uh, many people out there who are serving in the vineyard of the Lord um, and who's curious and interested. Uh, I had a person who, during the walk, asked me. Uh, uh, she said, "Sarna, how do I serve?" I'm like, "How do you serve?" I was like, "Yeah, I mean, how do how do I do it better?" I'm like, "Do it better." I'm I'm confused with a question. How do you do it better? And what she was asking was, how do I learn more? And I said, take some courses, PMFP. And that just came out. I'm like, you should take PMFP. And she's like, well, what is that? I was like, well, it's something that I took. And I think that's important for people who take PMFP and CMFP to share that with people in your own parishes that, hey, I, I went through that. Because a lot of times people do look at you as a leader in your own parish and say, you know what? I want to do what you do, and how did you get to where you are? And it's not saying that, you know, you're better, 
but it's saying that you did get formed and um, that this is the path that is provided within our own diocese that there's opportunities available. And I think it's beautiful that, that it is made available to l regular people like us. Um, and, uh, you know, Steve, we want to thank you for, for being there, for being present, for being available and, and truly being Steve, you know, <laughs> because, um, I think it's, it's a, it's a difficult task when, well, what you do, and I admire it because it's not like you're, you're going, you have a group of, of 20 somethings in college. I mean, the, the diversity that we have in that class are, is, is intense, um, from old people like me to young people like this guy. Um, it's, it's different and, and younger and younger. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and I think you, you all do it well. You do it very well. And I really want to thank you guys for, for really providing that service. So, Tony? And uh, I want to thank you. And this is not just because you grade our papers. Um, <laughs> but there are, there are plenty of instructors that don't really uh, show that they care. Um, and, and you really do show genuine interest. And when we have the, um, what are they called, the assessments, the, the interviews. Uh -huh. um, yeah. You know, you actually do take the time, you block out the time to talk with us. And I, I think that that's something most instructors want to do. So thank you for that. And you know what, guys, go to MFI. Um, go to PMFP. The worst case scenario is you find your spouse, your future spouse. So, you know that would be the worst thing that could happen. That, that's that's the worst case scenario. I don't worst. know. Oh. I don't know, Steve. Um, could he be talking about someone we know? Yeah, we could be talking about Bethany, but who's to say? Who's to say? Who's you know, to say? She prayed, and PMFP. Was the place where she found this guy? Yeah. Did you Did you hear this story? The first day on PMFP, Bethany prayed right before entering the Zoom. She was like, "God, my future husband better be in here," and I was in there. And that's just that's wow. that's the end of there. Yeah. Yeah. Commercial I need, for PMFP. I need PMFP. her praying for me. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Bethany? <laughs> She's a prayer warrior. She is a yep. prayer warrior. She's a prayer warrior. So, Steve, warrior. did you have any last parting words you wanted to share with us? Well, you know. I would just say, find delight in being you and uh, pursue the you God created. Who, who is it that God created? You know, and just surrender to that identity. And uh, hopefully, I see you in CMFP one day. Awesome. And on that note, fam, um, thank you for coming on the show, Steve. Thank you You're for welcome. sharing with us information about um, MFI. I think it's very important information. I think it's it's uh, something that is a gift uh, to all of us lay people that there is opportunities to learn more about the faith so that we can actually share more of the faith to everyone out there. I think it's a really great evangelization tool, uh, something that is is truly truly has been a gift for me. Um, Tony, do you want to say anything else? No. Thank you for being here. Yep. yep. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. On that note, fam, um, as always, um, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, send them to Tony. 
I try. Send them to at catholic.dad50 at gmail.com. We respond to every email and comment, positive or negative, we respond. If you want to support this podcast and um, help us support youth ministry out there, volunteer youth ministers, uh, you can be a patron on our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash disconnected. Yeah, what he said. And as always, um, if you want to also follow us on YouTube, just click on subscribe. I do this really badly. But you do, but do. you know, maybe maybe at 244 episodes you'll be good. Pretty much. But as always, um, we'll be praying for you. Please pray for us and as always, be blessed and Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise Different generations of the girls and boys So sit back and relax, this cat, the podcast Don't overreact if the thoughts are abstract When it's hosted by Catholic Dog Dad Who knows what's gonna happen Hey, what's up, fam? Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise And see if disconnected What's up, man? To connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever Pass back, runaway thoughts like a runaway train Break into conversation like links of a chain Make a Hail Mary pass, hope disconnects Have a question for a guest, put it to rest Live a life of holiness, lead by example Follow at catholic.dead and many tangled <laughs> Christ leads our way, he's the good shepherd Pray for one another, be blessed and be there Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise and see if disconnected This Connected Podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city? Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin, located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out the cabin on Instagram at the cabin 2021 again that's at the cabin 2021 t h e c a b i n 2021